Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 122 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, your host, as always. In the studio with me, Andrew Rosenthal, James Cook. We got an exciting episode today. I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to reveal our wrestling all-region team that was in the paper yesterday. We are going to talk about a couple of the guys on that list who deserve to be talked about, including Gaylord's Chase LaJoy, who's going to be joining us via interview later on in the episode, so make sure you stick around for that. We are going to do and unveil our 64-person greatest athlete of all time bracket after our interview. There's been a lot of contention in this room over the last hour or so, kind of figuring this out, but uh, we'll give you a little bit more of a intro on that later but we randomized the 64 team bracket of who we all kind of put in as the top athletes in the world and then at the end just stick around because this week's trifecta is going to talk about the lions draft choices with the nfl draft coming up this week and not much sports section to have we have a place to talk about it so we're gonna so stick around for that fellas has quarantine changed at all for you more Fortnite. that's it so it hasn't changed it's just gotten worse more drinking uh, that's all that's all that's happened in my household that's all that's happened in my household children if you're listening don't start now personally i mean i realized this yesterday you guys how March felt like two years, right? March literally felt like the longest month of all time. That was a month? Like, it, that felt like the, lo- like the last, like, 20 days of April, have, I literally feel like it happened in, like, a day. It's felt like one long day to me. And, like, for the last, whatever, day, this long day it's been, it's felt like a long day, but I didn't realize that, like, 20 actual days had passed. Do you guys agree that, like, the last 20 days in quarantine has gone a lot faster than the first, like, 17? April definitely did feel a lot faster because I felt like a lot of people were getting used to living life, like, the 1800s and <laughs> yeah, i just uh, man james uh, you you've been off the last two weeks i mean how fast did april go for you did that feel like a really long vacation since there's really not that much going on it went by a lot quicker than like the first two weeks of this when i was working all the time okay that just seemed to drag on like every day and just working from home you know waking up making breakfast sitting down at the computer and working for eight hours and then having a few hours in the evening to you know watch some tv or a movie or something yeah. like that and then going to bed it, it, it just kind of seemed to, to drag on you know eating breakfast oh we got to start working yeah and that just kind of seemed to drag on when it was more of just i could sleep and do whatever and we did some projects around the house and you know got some stuff done that's it seemed to just go a lot faster and mm. i think everybody's just getting used to it i don't know about the students who are doing classes at home but there is definitely something to be able to grab yourself cheese it's while you're in the middle of a work day you know, just walk over to your pantry and grab a snack. Whereas, if you're in an office, you actually have to go to McDonald's and spend money. It's just more convenient, man. I, don't know, I just <laughs> the, 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 the vending machine's always free. I always have a drawer full of snacks. Like yeah. one of my drawers is like nothing but food. I know that. Like when you're not supposed to tell anybody that. Like one of the first times I met you, you had cheese nips in your in your desk, and I was like, I love cheese and cheese nips. Like this is gonna be perfect. There's always there's always like a weird smell of some dip or hummus coming from James's desk. It, I'm not saying that like I don't want to eat the dip, the chips or anything. But there's always some sort of snack coming out of there. I, you are a snacker, that's for sure. I, well, yeah, because when I'm at work, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be on the desk. I'm going to be sitting there for eight hours. So, you know, if you're taking prep calls, you can't just get up and leave for 20 minutes to go yeah. downstairs to the break room and nuke something. Yeah. And that's the other thing. By is, yourself. So. Is, like, the other thing we were, I said is, like, pop, the pop machine's always free. I would hoard, or I think I'm hoarding now, like, 
packs and packs and packs of Mountain Dew Baja Blast and just taking two, three a day. I, by the end of the night, I'm just bouncing off the walls because there's so much caffeine. The one thing, the big, big side effect of this is, is that like I'm home during dinner time. So like even while I'm working, I'm cooking dinner at like a regular-ish time. It may be like 8 or 9 p.m. But like I'm actually cooking like full meals with like yeah. green beans, rice, and like chicken breast all in the same time where I'm not just like cooking a chicken breast to like bring into the office with me or something like oh here's the leftover pasta from this weekend i didn't like, realize like that was the one thing i missed when i was working nights is like actual dinner yeah like it, that's, that's it's, it's tough nice isn't it? my wife actually said that she is sick of having steak oh because we've had steak so much because I've, oh. I've been home for the last you know three, four weeks cena well shout out cena for these uh delicious we, snickerdoodle cookies cookies by the way we have had steaks quite a bit because yeah. she stays at home you know she has uh you know a immunity deficiency she's pretty much stays at home so i go do the shopping when i do the shopping all steak all day there's some steak gonna get bought all steak all day well let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode fellas <laughs> we uh have a lot to talk about so let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse which for us this weekend was our wrestling all region team that was our last all-region team to be published from the wintertime. Wish it wasn't this way. I wish that we could just go back and finish those winter sports. But nonetheless, this is our last all-region team from the winter. We're going to go ahead and run through this and uh, kind of tell you a little bit about each one of these guys' seasons. The all-region dream team was in Sunday's edition of the Traverse City Record Eagle, so make sure you go ahead and check that out. Andrew took the lead on this, so I'm going to let him take the lead on telling us about the dream team. We had, I believe it was, what, 20 or 22 guys get selected between the first and second team? 16 on the first team, 15 on the second. And we even had some female wrestlers who made the dream yeah. team as well. How many do we really have there? Really excited about that. We had three female wrestlers overall. One was on our first team dream team, and two were on our second. And who was our wrestler of the year? Chase LaJoey. Our guest today. Yeah, I think we already mentioned that earlier. But a little bit. I didn't want to I didn't want to spoil it earlier. Um, I kind of just said to everybody we had a, a, a guy on to hear about his performance. But yes, our wrestler of the year, Gaylord Chase LaJoey. Yeah, he, 38-2. Those two matches were the same person. <laughs> Austin Boone from Lowell, both in the state finals. I don't really know if I have to say much more than that, but anyways, he had 42 wins by Tech Fall and 82 varsity matches. Yeah. Yeah, because he's won a state championship before. He's uh, he's finished runner-up, I think, uh, another time as well. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been a guy who's been there right up until the end at the state finals all four years. All four years in his high school career. And then going off, starting off with the dream team, had to have Cody Hansen there, leading leading guy from Benzie Central. Late edition, we had AJ Style from Boyne City going to wrestle at Alma next year, 35-6. and six. I think that was a school record, and he was 13th in the state for the 119 weight class. Yeah, and I think he didn't he break the school record for wins at Boyne City? Yeah, all-time winningest wrestler in, at Boyne City yeah, and then, by, like, double digits. Yeah, he's I know he's well over 100 career wins. Yeah, and there's only three other people that have ever gotten 100 wins at Boyne. All right, all right. In Gaylord's state runner-up team year, we have two guys on Dream Team. First is John so Henry Sosa. He actually had a win in that team matchup against Lowell. Um, forget who it was against, but the team only had one, and it was John Sosa. So shout-out to that. He ended up finishing state runner-up individually at 125, 41-3. Rico Brown finished sixth at state at 130 weight class, senior as well. Max Halstead and Joe Armstrong. Joe Armstrong and Zach Dungan from Grayling. I didn't realize, but they, the Vikings had really strong showing in the state finals. Three guys in the All-State team. Halstead was fourth, Armstrong was seventh, Duncan was eighth in state. It may not be the you know top two runner-up, but that's a very well, that's a very good showing right yeah, there. Three placers, that's 
Three All-State placers. Yeah. And then for for Kingsley's and the Stags, their team qualified for state this year for the first time in a while. Kyan Fessenden, a freshman, he had a win at state. So did Justin Gron, also a freshman at the 112 weight class, had a win. 41-10 on the season. So you wonder, you wonder, do these young guys keep Kingsley, you know, in that state finals over the next four years? And that's a good transition yeah, into right. our coaches of the year, Don Funk from Traverse City Central and Corey Crew from Kingsley. Kind of the same story with them. Central had two really standout freshmen in Dutch Ballon and Remy Cotton. These coaches brought them to all state first year. First year they were wrestling. Isaiah Grosser from Mancelona, senior at the 189 weight class, All-State 8th place. I talked about him a little bit earlier, but Dutch Ballon from Central, freshman at the 103, 7th in state. So did Damian Ballon, his brother, at 135, and Remy Cotton at 160. All of them took 7th in state. You know, just to make it on the day two is something, and win your last match of the season, whatever that might be. And, the, and those three kids combined for 140 wins. Oh, Lord. That's just between those three this yeah. season. 50, 48, and 42 wins. Still in Traverse City, guys. Uh, we got five from Traverse City schools on the Dream Team. The first one's Andrea, Andrea Freire. She took third at Women's State. I know on the season it was only 6-6, six and six, but, man, we talked to her the couple of, about a month or so ago on, on the, that podcast and specifically. Her and Brielle Clapp from Frankfurt. You just got a sense from that podcast that it's it's a whole new different competition over there to place in the women's state tournament. That that's I felt that was that was pretty awesome. So she's headed to Davenport for wrestling too. We'll have a story coming up on that in the next couple of weeks here in the Record Eagle. Yeah. Uh, next uh, is Gabe Flowers, senior at West. He didn't place a state, but he had a solid season, twenty eight eleven. A lot of coaches spoke highly of him. Gavin Wilmuff. From St. Francis, can't get that, can't miss that one. He sophomore at 140, had a win at state 42 and nine. I already mentioned our coaches of the year, Corey Crew and Don Funk. Um, that brings us into second team. We have two women's wrestlers on this team. The first is Kelsey Novo Grodick from Benzie Central, made it to the women's state championship as well. Samson Ross, teammate junior, had a win at state. Jordan McBee, teammate of AJ South, uh, sophomore. At the 130 weight class, Zach Nickel from Charlevoix, Brielle and Clapp from Frankfurt, fifth at state. Jeff Lane from Frankfurt made it to state at 285. Brennan Smith from Gaylord, freshman had a win at state at 103. Gabe Thompson from Gaylord, sophomore. Will Sides from Gaylord at 125. Jacob McKnight from Gaylord. Are you seeing a trend here? This Gaylord team this year was pretty good. Aiden Shire from Kingsley, sophomore had a qualify for state. Ian Somerville from Manzalona, senior, 38-9. Here's one we might not have heard about earlier. Arrow Gross from Petoskey. Had a really strong showing at regional, just missed the state finals. Austin Bills from Central, junior at 171. And Christian Boivin, a junior from Traverse City West at uh, 189. That was actually his first year wrestling, and he, he stepped in and he impressed Rusty Nyland over at Traverse City West. I remember when I went to one of the, the TC West Holiday Showcase um, he spoke very highly of Christian Boivin's abilities for just starting to wrestle. I would think that tackling as a linebacker would translate pretty well to uh, single leg or double leg takedown. He's a fast kid, too, as a running back as well. And blocking kicks would translate to uh, maybe being able to block those takedown attempts. So that that is our 2019-2020 wrestling all-region dream team and second team. If you want to get a full list, 
Make sure you check it out online at record-eagle.com or check us out on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at TCRE Sports to find those stories. Uh, make sure you check that out. The Pulse, sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. Now that you guys know who our wrestler of the year is, let's go ahead and get into that interview with Chase LaJoey from Gaylord. Get Around is extremely excited to welcome into the podcast studio our wrestler of the year, Gaylord Chase LaJoy. Thank you so much for joining us via telephone today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, I mean, you are chosen as a wrestler of the year. I know you had a great four-year career over there at Gaylord, but I know Andrew was really, really impressed with the amount of technical falls that you put out over your career. Or was that, what, what, what is your approach when you step onto the wrestling mat and i know um you got to that runner-up spot here and you've been at the top uh of the leaderboards of the last couple of years so what's that mentality for a championship wrestler like you said with the techno falls i mean i'm just going out there to get any takedown possible and work my technique because i feel like if i were to pin someone i don't have the opportunity to maybe try out some new technique and see when i get that technical fall i can get better Every take. So you had, like, 415 wins over the course of your uh, high school career? I believe more than that. I, I know I had uh, over 100 my sophomore, like, going into my junior year. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you wrestle in the summer, then? Yeah, I wrestle in the summer as well. Yeah, you told me you were at practice. What, what, are, you, what are you up to right now? With this coronavirus thing going on, it's a little messed up, but I'm supposed to be working on freestyle and Greco, which is alternative styles of wrestling, but... Since those are all probably going to get canceled, I've been just working on folk style, which is the high school wrestling. Me and James were talking about this a little bit earlier. What's it like just learning, just managing the different styles of wrestling? You know, there's freestyle, there's reco, there's folk style, and all of them have their each individual rules and tournaments. How, how do you manage that as far as like practice goes, and how, how, does that help you in the, in the high school season? Uh, yeah, it definitely helps in the high school season. For, like, it's just different uh, approach to wrestling. So, I think. Personally, I'm good at uh, mending all those together, all those different styles, and it, it helps you become a better wrestler overall. Where did they differ the most to you? Probably uh, Greco is the most different because uh, Greco is uh, from the waist up. You can't touch the legs. So it's all like upper body throws. It works a lot on hand fighting. Now, you, I know you're making that transition into college. Uh, you're going to be going to Cornell University, right? Yeah. Now, uh, what, what what transition are you making into that style, and what are they expecting out of you, um, or at least over you know the next uh, couple of months while you're out on your own? I mean, I'm I'm sure they're not explicit about it, but I'm sure just try to get better every day, uh, bulk up because uh, they want me to bulk up and then to cut back down. I'll be wrestling like 133, and I'm around 153 right now. I know a name that. I remember a lot from Cornell with Kyle Dake. Have they talked yeah. a lot about you with the, with him in the recruiting process? I've been around uh, Kyle a decent amount. Uh, he's a great guy, but he's a uh, he's very focused on his own career because he's still competing uh, internationally right now. You were around him. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Probably one of the best um, uh, guys in recent NCAA history. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you a little funny story. Not not too in depth, but. <laughs> It was like my, one of my first times ever meeting him. I was on my official visit, and, you know, that's Kyle Dake, like one of the best wrestlers in the world. My opinion is the best wrestler, and I was kind of nervous, so I held the door open for him, and 
my hand must have been a little sweaty because I was nervous. And I, he, like, he said thank you, started walking through, and I, I slipped on the door, and it just railed him right in the face before practice. So <laughs> my first, my first uh, meeting with him didn't go too well. I noticed they had a recent NCAA champion too. I, that, that's that's a pretty strong program in the Ivy League. What, um, how'd you get noticed by them? I have a, a connection because my brother actually goes there right now, so they knew about me. And, yeah, how much has your brother um, been able to tell you what the, the difference is between you know, the adjustment, I guess, period between high school and college wrestling, especially at a, a program like that? Especially with all the guys in there, like it's a it's a whole new world, it's a whole new ball game. It's just everyone's one of the top guys in the country, and everyone's trying to get better and beat each other up. So it's a it's kind of daunting, but it's also a good experience from what I got from him. Um, you, you were talking earlier about this, all the technical balls. And stuff uh, during a match like that where you're just you're taking a kid down, you're letting him up, you're taking him down, letting him up, taking him down. What point is it? Is it usually like the third or the fourth takedown or whatever, where you kind of see the the look in the kid's eyes where he's just like, I can't beat this kid, and uh, he's just gonna keep doing this to me. Yeah, well, it 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 kind of differs from kid to kid, but usually around the around the third, like you said. But either they get really upset and. <laughs> when I'll get like hit or something or they uh they kind of break like you're saying. Andrew and I both wrestled in high school, but uh what are what are things about wrestlers that uh that you think most people probably outside of the wrestling world really don't know about wrestlers? Yeah, they probably just don't understand uh I mean, I'm sure you guys understand that how much you kind of have to go through. There's a lot of internal battling that's really mental and honestly I think it just builds grit. Speaking of grit, I mean that that program that you're leaving over at Gaylord has, uh, you know, been like the premier up here in northern Michigan for a little bit of time, at least while you've been on the team. What is being a part of that program? I know, obviously, with, with your dad being the coach, but what has being part of that program done for you and helped you get to where you are? I've been surrounded by just great people involved in it with, like, the coaches or the athletes themselves. It's just made me a better person, and it's helped me get the avenues such as Cornell, which I'm really grateful for. Talk about your your Blue Devils state run this year. You guys had the team state against Lowell, and then I know you went up against the same guy in individual state. Um, what was the postseason like for Gaylord and for you? I was really uh, pleased with the postseason uh, for all our guys. Like, uh, for example, like Rico Brown, he uh, has never placed before, and he he had a really good shot to win it. He he did really well. I mean, I think our postseason was amazing, and I think we finished where we should have. Lowell's are really good. Uh, competitor, especially as a team. Did you only lose two matches this year to both to the same guy? Yeah. That's crazy. What, what, Austin, what, what's it like wrestling up against him? What's he do differently? He was very technical and uh, very defensive with his own stuff. He's very good at his technique. And, you know, uh, he was one of the top kids in the country not too long ago. So I kind of sought that match out. I kind of wanted to you know, challenge myself because it's my senior year. So I bumped up a couple weight classes to wrestle him and it was it was a great match, especially the second one. It was we both just battled, and he uh, I mean, he's just very good at defense. He's very sound. The, the second match you're talking about that was for the individual state title. Yeah. And then John, when he when he when he wrestled, I think he had the win in your guys' team match against uh, Lowell. What was his season like? John focused a lot on uh, you know getting better every day as well, and he uh, I think it was amazing. He uh, I think he. Took runner up 
but the kid that he actually beat in the team state finals won an individual title. So, so I used to work at the paper in Gaylord way back in the day, and I used to have to interview your dad all the time and, and all that. So, And you guys, was a, it was a great program back then. What is it about a wrestling program that you need to do to get to that elite level as a, as a high school team and then maintain that? Constantly focusing on the individuals and trying to help the team out at the same time. And what I mean by that is, like, some coaches will go one-on-one with our guys and help better them, especially our top guys. And then we have a – we also, like, as a team, we try to focus on basics and get better at wrestling as a whole instead of just work technique. I mean, I imagine it's just got to be a, a boon for you guys to have that many dedicated wrestlers in the same room going up against each other every day in practice rather than, uh, you know, a team that's struggling to get enough guys even to feel the lineup and you're wrestling guys way different weights than you and, and all that kind of stuff. How much does that really just help uh, kind of help you win? I'm grateful for it because I couldn't imagine if I didn't have uh, the great partners that I do. Like, I would roll with Rico and uh, uh, John all the time. Like, those are some top guys in our state right now. I mean, being around those guys helps me get better, and I hope it's the same way with them. I hope I'm getting them better. And it's really, it's really nice dynamic. We always have good guys in there. So, it, I mean, this season was a uh, like really special to me because, you know, I, I kind of took on this big giant. Like, I, uh, I was one hundred and twenty pounds this summer, and uh, on purpose I, I bulked up and I didn't cut any weight like everyone else does. So I could go up to 145 and wrestle Austin Boone, who was a great competitor, and he gave a really fun experience for me. It was a great way to finish off my high school career. So, well, Chase, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, you know to sit down with us and uh, chat with us. Congratulations once again on being chosen as our Record Eagle Wrestler of the Year, and best of luck to you, uh, Alan Cornell. All right, thank you guys. You have a great day. Another big thank you to Chase LaJoy for joining us here at the Get Around. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. I actually started using the app recently, gentlemen, since the quarantine started because it keeps track of your freaky fast reward points. And I've been getting free stuff all the time now because I eat a lot of Jimmy John's. But let's not get too far into it. We have a long list of people to introduce to you in our exciting segment of the week which will be here for a while we'll be going over this bracket and chatting about it here as and much there. as i can remember to post to twitter yeah no, I, I'm, I'm, when I'm, I'm working on data projects we'll be on it and it'll be uh we're trying to get it like a round done each week so just keep updated on twitter and at tcre sports we'll post the bracket on instagram as we have with our last few but make sure you keep it locked because it is going to be a constant thread of polls we are going to leave them open for the entirety of the week until monday so when they get posted they will be open until the next episode of the get around is released i think what i'm going to do is uh post like a list of 32 polls or or however many polls there is in one tweet put that as the pin tweet or something and then when you guys go onto our feed, you'll be able to just scroll down and pick a bunch of them right right away. Yeah, but it'll be one big thread, so that way you'll be able to uh, 
kind of go through and pick out um, which ones and go round by round and join us in choosing who is the best athlete of all time. What we did is we asked you for some suggestions. We came up with suggestions ourselves and tried to dumb it down. It's obviously even hard to get 64 athletes into this bracket, only 64 athletes into this bracket. We constantly had to be cutting and re-adding and coming up with new people. So we have a lot of talking to do. We're going to kind of get into these. We, we obviously have a lot of names to get through, so we're not going to be able to talk about everything. But over the next couple of weeks, as people kind of get eliminated, we'll have a little bit more time to talk about each one of these people um, and kind of you know break down their skills and why we think they will be uh, the best athlete of all time. I hope you guys aren't too inspired from the Jordan documentary. Yeah, right. That's what I was... Uh, now, I said this to Andrew because... Andrew has never, you're, you're young enough that you literally never saw Michael Jordan play basketball. Right? I remember like brief moments in my head of seeing games of him on the like, Bulls. Like, is that from YouTube or but is not, that? Well, no, this was like on my dad's CRT cable TV back when the Blackhawks weren't on TV and the Bulls were the only thing in the city of Chicago that was relevant because the Cubs sucked. Um, I mean, like, you were like, what, like three years old when Michael Jordan five. left the Bulls? Five, no, five. he left the Bulls in like 2001, didn't he? The second time? Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know, yeah. Yeah, so... And I, then the, there's Jordan and the Wizards. The, I, I never... Like, I don't remember Jordan playing on the Bulls because I was too young. I saw. I remember seeing Michael Jordan play on the Wizards. I have a very faint memory of watching Michael Jordan on TV. Yeah, I don't. I don't... I don't... I never... I don't actually remember him watching him on TV. I just know that I remember Michael Jordan in a Wizards jersey. More or less, I probably remember him retiring for real once he was all done with the Wizards. But no, like last night was the first time I actually got to see highlights of Michael Jordan. Yeah, when so he was with the Wizards, he was a shadow of him. Okay, well, hopefully, he was still averaging like 20, 23 points a game or something like that, but I mean in his prime he's averaging 35. Yeah, see we're, we're already getting into to the Michael Jordan talk. Like, Well, he but, is our what, first athlete that my, we're going to introduce. My, my bit. <laughs> actually, he's not. He's oh. a second. Because this is really funny and I can't wait to bring it up. So, as I said before, we randomized, we put these all on a list and we randomized this bracket one, one through 64 seeds. So this is completely random. The numbers really don't matter. But just for the sake of this, I wanted to tell you, our first matchup, the one versus 64 seed in this tournament is... Larry Bird is the one seed, and Michael Jordan is the 64 seed. I thought we were going to say that Jordan was going to be the, the first seed. Well, Larry Bird was going to be the 16th no, seed. I, lie, but now no, you're being a whole transparent. I'm, I don't lie. This is honesty hour. This because is hilarious. the second we ran this thing, that was the first thing that came up, and I'm like, how did this happen? I think it's hilarious. Andrew was like, should we re-randomize this? And it's like, no. <laughs> now it's like Michael Jordan is some sort of underdog story. At first I was like, yeah. And then the second I'm like, no, I Jordan versus Bird, that's that's perfect. Right, it actually works. But, yeah, let's run through these. I personally, I don't think Michael Jordan's the greatest athlete of all time. I just... Well, this will prove you Yeah, we'll just, we'll just get there. We'll see. But that's basically, I'm hoping that this he's new... Gonna get some bo- he's going to get a bonus in the voting in this from the... From the doc. That's what I mean. Yeah. Especially, that's what I'm saying, from all the kids so, and everything. They've probably never seen this, and they get to watch this. They're going to be like, whoa... I mean, I've seen a lot of Michael Jordan highlights. I mean, I've never seen it, obviously, in this type of form, but if you've never seen it, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll see how the show unfolds, too, because I heard an interview today with uh, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, the Rodman episode's supposed to be next Sunday. It's, it's supposed to be the next one, yeah. And he was talking and he was talking in not very flattering terms about Michael Jordan. 
Like if you're like if any reporters ask Michael Jordan a question about other players on the team, that Jordan just it was a completely different answer than if they asked him about Michael Jordan. Oh, I wouldn't doubt that. All right. He didn't like talking about other players on the team, especially Scottie Pippen. We can talk about the Jordan doc later. Uh, well, he's going to be in later rounds, so most likely. I don't know. Larry yeah. Bird might beat him. So we'll talk more about him later, possibly. We've already given him his time. Is Scottie Pippen going to get traded? I don't know. Dude, how are they going to win the rest of the games? That's funny. No, okay, so for there, there, there's our first matchup. The one seed Larry Bird against the 64 seed Michael Jordan. Here we go. I'm not going to give you seeds from here on out. These are just going to be first-round matchups. You'll see the bracket on our thing. I just want That was just funny to me. We actually, I think we put Michael Jordan probably, like, first down on the list, and they put him at 64th, so I just thought it was funny. All right, so we got the MLB's home run leader, Barry Bonds, versus NHL great Mario Lemieux. Asterisk. Asterisk. Next to the, the home run leader. Well, still. <laughs> He's in the record books. Yep. And uh, you can't deny the man knows how to hit a baseball. Next, we have Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt the Stilt, versus Derek Jeter. This is a good first-round matchup. The captain versus Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, who do you you guys think takes this one? Wilt. I think Derek Jeter takes it. If Wilt played baseball. And we're just doing public vote, right? Yeah, it's all public public vote. vote. I think that Jeter will win a public vote. If it was up to me, I would take Wilt. You take Wilt? If Wilt played baseball, he would be able to beat Derek Jeter. I, that is 100% not true. I think so. There's no way. I don't think a seven footer playing baseball doesn't work out very well. Aaron Judge is a he bit have, different, but Aaron Judge is like 6'7. Yeah, we're just laying down each way. Oh my God. All right, here's a good one Michael Johnson versus Barry Sanders. We got two people light on their feet. All like a all time great runner in Michael Johnson and. NFL's w- probably all-time greatest runner in Barry Sanders. Yeah. So Michael Johnson's pretty good, but I think Barry walks away. With I think Barry yeah, especially with I our especially with our with our locale. In the next round. With our locale, I think so too. Now this is the one that we saw when he first looked at this bracket. That is like a juicy first-round matchup. Jerry Rice, the greatest wide receiver to ever live, versus Deion Sanders, <laughs> Mister Prime Time. These guys actually like went head-to-head in the NFL. At one point, but like this is a sweet, juicy matchup. Jerry Rice is my favorite football player of all time, so I hope he he keeps moving on. And we're teammates briefly, right? When yeah. Dion was with the 49ers for yeah. a little bit towards the end of his career. You're right, but yeah, I mean, Dion Sanders is one heck of an athlete, though. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jerry Rice. And playing baseball too at the same time. Yeah. He uh. Whew. Remember when he played a football game and a baseball game the same day? So I was. It was the same day, or the same weekend. It was the same thing. Oh same my day. gosh! Oh, yeah, he played. A, I played like a one o'clock game in Atlanta, and then played uh, like a seven o'clock football game, game or oh, baseball. baseball okay. Game well, okay. Here's a good first round matchup: female versus female. Katie Ledecky, the Olympic swimmer who just destroyed records, versus Venus Williams. Maybe not Serena, but we know Venus is just. Just as good as a tennis player, that's all those matchup. majors. That's a very good matchup to start off I like with. That it ensures a female gets to the second round. Oh, of course, of course. I like Katie Ledecky in that matchup. Mm-hmm. Might be a little bit of recency bias, but I like Katie Ledecky in that matchup. Alrighty, here's a. Ooh, these are two of the all-time greats. Wayne Gretzky. So obviously, we know hockey's all-time great. Versus Mariano Rivera. Oh. Yeah, the closer. See if Mariano Rivera gets the save when Wayne Gretzky shoots. Yeah, seriously. I mean, this this yeah, could be a tight yeah. one. This could be a tight one. I mean, Wayne Gretzky. That's my pun of the day. <laughs> Brought to you by Jimmy Johns. Wow. These matchups are actually pretty interesting that they randomized. Talk about two really fast people just in different ways. 
Usain Bolt versus Richard Petty. <laughs> NASCAR driver versus Usain Bolt. I mean, I... I that would be interesting to see if a car can get going that fast. And like, Maybe if it was like a short race. Yeah, like a, like a 50-meter race. I don't know. But Usain Bolt's insane. I do want to see that. Like, because people... There's like the sports stats that calculate how fast guys are when they're actually running on the track. Can they? Would they be able to keep up against a car for that long? All right, everybody. Maybe if you like scaled it down. Usain in the membrane. Usain in the brain. All right, we're moving on. Here we got a. This here's a good man. These are all good. Just because they're all good athletes. We got tennis's Rafael Nadal versus snowboarding Sean White. And I mean, once again, world champions in their respective sports. That's going to be a tough one. Here we got a we got a spread generational one, but Peyton Manning versus Babe Didrikson. So we got like an icon from the nineteen fifties in women and female athletics. First Peyton thirties. Thirties? Yeah. I thought it was later than that. Nineteen thirties. She she I think she passed away in the fifties. Okay. Well, against Peyton Manning, arguably one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, not quite in my eyes, but arguably. Yeah. I mean, Babe Didrikson won two Olympic medals. And then turned into a professional golfer and won 10 major titles. Female golfers for the win. All right, this is a good one. Jimmy Johnson, the NASCAR driver who, what, he won like six out of seven like NASCAR Sprint Cups or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus Pete Rose, the all-time hits leader in baseball. And the first, like, baseball scandal. Yeah. But he'll eventually get in the Hall of Fame. I think eventually he will. Somebody's just going to give up. I think Manfred was closer. To uh, let him in, you know, before he kind of did what Pete Rose does and, and said, his mouth. "Yeah, said I don't care about you." I think Pete Rose is going to get that win, but Jimmy Johnson is nothing short of incredible behind the wheel. Pete I wonder Rose. who Pete Rose is betting on in this matchup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one up, we got two people with three names. Coincidentally, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Apollo Anton Ono, the speed skater, Olympic gold medalist. Oh no. Yeah, I think you gotta give this to Kareem. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Much as I like the Olympics, you know, and all that. Yeah. Now that that's something I want you. I want you to tell me if Kareem speed skated, he would beat Apollo Antonio. That wouldn't happen. No. Never. Probably but not. No way. No way. Alrighty, next matchup. The length of his stride though would be insane. Yeah, it's like Waluigi on Mario Party. All right. Uh, we got Diana Taurasi versus Hank Aaron. So what? Without uh, without an asterisk, the the leading home run getter in MLB history that doesn't have an asterisk behind it. I'm gonna vouch for Tarasi though because if I, if you listen to this, there's a thirty for thirty podcast on the spy who signed me. Um, it was just about their Russian women's basketball team. This it, I think it was called Spartak. It's what it, they were probably one of the greatest of all time with her and Sue Bird. And she's probably the greatest women's basketball shooter. Like pure shooter. I mean, there's a couple other ones. You got Lynette Woodard, um, the first female gold trotter, came out of Kansas. Um, yeah, but just pure three point shooter, man. Tarazi's shot is. Yeah, awesome. Tarazi's a good representation of that, but I wouldn't say she was the best of all time, because there's so many others that go up. In. Mm-hmm. We got a couple. We got a couple other ones in here. That's gonna be a good matchup down there later. But I, I mean, I think any you know baseball purist is gonna say that Hank Aaron was. I mean, he held that record for, what, 40 years? For almost 40 years. So I definitely could see that uh, being a, a good matchup. We got Tiger Woods against the horse Secretariat. We tossed that one in here. Just about every list we ever found had Secretariat on, like, the top <laughs> athletes of all time. 
So I figured we needed to kind of add that in here. And we know we have a lot of equestrian folk up in uh, northern Michigan. So, hey, maybe they could pull out a, pull out a win over Tiger Woods. Uh, I know we have a lot of golfers up here as well. So, good luck, Secretariat. I'm pretty sure everybody after the Masters last year is on board with Tiger Woods. Just, yes, please. All right, next we got Scott Hamilton versus Tom Brady. Not the biggest fan of Tom Brady, but, I mean. Who's Scott Hamilton? I guess we'll find out. Uh, Figure skater. Multiple Olympic gold and oh. champion. Yeah. But I guess we'll find out if Tom Brady really is as good as he thinks he is when he goes on to Tampa Bay this year. That's what I'll say. I think that's why he did it. I think he did it just so he could like prove to everybody that it wasn't Belichick. That's the perfect offense for him to go to. And he's got three great targets to throw to. to. I think he'll have a good season in Tampa Bay. We'll see. Look, look at what Jameis did last year. Jameis was the number two fantasy quarterback in football, despite throwing 40 interceptions, I think it was. He had some solid targets. Oh, yeah. He's got, he's, with Goodwin and Evans. Got and then, and then uh, the, the tight end, too. O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, yeah. No. Um, I mean, he's got three great targets there. And then he had Perriman. Yeah, they picked up him. I have a feeling, I have a feeling like Tom Brady is going to beat out a figure skater. But... Don't okay. don't take don't take my word for it. Vote sure. unbiasedly. Especially with the Michigan connection. Yeah, vote unbiasedly. Next matchup we have Pele versus Jenny Finch. <laughs> One of soccer's greatest versus arguably softball's greatest. I think Finch will give him a run just for the recency bias. I well I and I just think I mean she I think she's our only softball player on here. I mean that might you know, that might pull some heartstrings and, and have her hit the ground running. After watching the sports science on Jenny Finch versus like Randy Johnson or whatever the hell it was, it was like, Yeah, I'll pass. Have you ever batted in like fast pitch softball? Um, I mean, no, not fast pitch. Not, not never had a like a super. I've never had somebody really get it at me. It is, it is so. Hard. I mean, sports science literally says it's harder to hit a fast pitch softball than it is to hit a baseball. It is so. I I convinced the coach at CMU when I was there to let me get stand in the batting cage uh, against their number one starter. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you you get ten pitches. That's it. Whether you swing or not, that's all the time we got for it. Like that. So I swung it like every pitch. Uh, I think I so I got ten swings in. I managed to touch the ball three times. Touch the ball. Touch the ball. Like two of them were like foul tips, and then I grounded one up the middle, which would probably just been a six three to the shortstop. All right, next one: Floyd Mayweather versus Carl Lewis. Once again, two icons in their sport. I mean, Floyd Money Mayweather. If if we asked him who was going to win this all, you know, he thinks he's going to win it all. I mean, he is undefeated. What can you say about the man? He is undefeated. All right, up next. Maria Sharapova versus the young gun Patrick Mahomes. You think oh. you think career overtakes, you know, one year of absolute mad madness? Yeah, I think so. And she's just also famous and She just retired. She's for a good. little easier to look at than Patrick Mahomes. No, <laughs> no offense to Patrick Mahomes. She just retired this past year, actually, uh, from tennis, so mm-hmm. A little bit of a controversy at the end of her career. Yeah, but a good career, nonetheless, nonetheless. Oh, wow, I didn't realize this was a first-round matchup. Stephen Curry versus Kobe Bryant. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be a tough one, too. I mean, Steph's been out for, like, a year with an injury, so nobody's seen him play, but we all know what he can do. And, I mean, obviously, R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. So that's 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 a hard choice to make right there. I mean, Kobe will always be my favorite basketball player. What if we so. have a tie? If we have a tie. Then we get the break. Yeah, then we break it. We get three. We have three Good question, votes. Andrew. 
the three of us vote then for a tie. Yeah, and there's an odd number. There won't be a tie there. There can't be a tie there. All right, next up we got Joe Montana. Yo, Joe Montana versus Neymar, other Brazilian soccer player. Mm-hmm. I mean... I think Joe Montana's going to take this one. Yeah? I think so. American football thinks win- wins the day. To Neymar. Yeah. To Neymar. <laughs> All right, we're playing FIFA. You always hear that. We got Babe Ruth versus Jim Thorpe. And oh, that, too, old. too old. Too old. I would like. I would actually like to see those two like go bare knuckle boxing in a in a ring back in the day. That sounds like a that sounds like a good time. MMA between those two. Well, they didn't have MMA back then. It would just yeah. be stand-up boxing, probably in just like their yeah, little they're 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 like boxers. They just have boxers on. Could see it happening. Jim Thorpe was the first Native American to win a gold medal for the United States. Back in like the early Olympics, yeah, one of the overall athletes too. Yeah, I would love to see a drunken Babe Ruth fight Jim Thorpe. I think it would be hilarious. I just think to they see were around on. at the same time too. I think Babe Ruth is just Babe Ruth is just more prevalent in people's minds. So I think that might Thorpe and recognition, yeah. Thorpe played uh, six seasons in the MLB between 1913 and 1919. Maybe they did have a brawl at some point then. I wonder if they played at the same time. Yeah, Jim Thorpe and Babe Ruth actually did play in the MLB at the same time. Yeah, so maybe they did uh, have some fisticuffs, I'm sure. I mean, Babe Ruth probably threw to Jim Thorpe at some point. Yeah. Well, baseball was Jim Thorpe's second sport. But, I mean, you could argue that hot dog eating was... Babe Ruth's second? First sport. sport. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. Wow, we have another female matchup. There's a couple female matchups in a row, actually. We have Sweet. Lindsey Vaughn versus Serena Williams. So, once again... Too like, modern. The the, yeah. uh, the greatest female skier to ever live, with her knees somehow still intact, and Serena Williams. I mean, we know the most dominant women's tennis player to ever grace the earth. I mean, dominance is I think an understatement with Serena Williams. What I if mean, Serena and Venus get into the same matchup together? I was hoping that was going to happen at some point, but you know, Serena always wins that matchup. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. We got a lot of we got a lot of uh, skiers up here. Maybe Lindsey Vonn pulls it out. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. I don't know, Serena Williams. You're not. You're definitely. You're the lower seed on here, but you're definitely not the underdog in my eyes. I think it'd be great if we had a Lindsey Vaughn Tiger Woods matchup. <laughs> what? They dated at one point. Oh. Yeah. All right. Here we go with our our next one. Billie Jean King against Simone Biles. I mean, I think Simone Biles. Obviously, Billie Jean King's an icon, but once again, mm-hmm. recency bias and especially the hype that everybody talks about Simone Biles now with her literally probably being the best gymnast ever. I kind of got to give it to Simone either yeah, way. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think Simone runs away with this. Simone might actually be moving close to the final four by the end of all this. I, I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. Wow. We got a matchup with the Johnsons. Magic versus Calvin. <laughs> Two Michigan ties. So this could, be a, this could be a hard one. This could be a hard matchup uh, in the first round. Sorry, Calvin. Yeah, Magic Johnson has to take that. But I bet you he's going to. There's a lot of people who will argue that, you know, if Calvin Johnson kept on playing he could have broke all of Jerry Rice's records it would have been close if he had Matthew Stafford just throwing the ball to him like all the time <laughs> which he did which it would have been who knows alright next here's a good matchup Dale Earnhardt Sr. versus Sue Bird so that was our other WNBA player who I believe made it into our 64 team bracket obviously RIP Dale Earnhardt but uh, I give this to Sue Bird I, I, I think so too she's just a trailblazer too. yeah yeah, I, I go back to that UConn team, and they were just. You think about what they did, and I'm like, no one. I don't think anyone will ever be able to replicate that. And then men's or women's. All right, next matchup. We only have a few left here, guys. We got Jesse Owens versus Jack Nicholas. So we got another golfer in here. 
dang, Jesse Owens is one of those underrated people too. Actually, think about athletes. Like, I, obviously, I think he's a better athlete than Jack Nicholas. But if we're talking about yeah, Nicholas's accomplishments are ridiculous, but Jesse Owens, man, going into Nazi Germany and winning a that's winning so a gold, hard winning a gold medal in front of Hitler. There's a as a black guy. Yeah, there's I mean, a that, there's that was like one of those iconic moments. If you have time history. during your quarantine, watch Olympia, uh, like the original Olympia. I think what I think it was 1938 or something like that. It's just it's kind of like the Jordan Doc right now, where it's just raw sports footage. There's no commentary over it. There's just music and sports. It was one of the first documentaries to implement slow-mo um and you can just see moment by moment jesse owens dominating the olympics and it was actually funded by a german yeah when when hitler said that his aryan runners would would they made the documentary to show that the aryan runners would beat the heck out of the americans and jesse owens dominates in it Mm -hmm. will he dominate jack nicholas in the first round i guess we will find out next matchup we have Lionel messi versus mickey mantle battle of the m's you know, Messi, obviously one of the best soccer players right now, but you're the one who's suggesting Mickey Mantle. Are you going to make a case for him for the, for our Audible viewers? I mean, Mickey Mantle was just kind of the greatest of his time and just, I don't know, just kind of came out of nowhere. And when you when I was a kid and you collecting baseball cards, like the baseball card that you could ever have was a Mickey Mantle rookie, like just about. It was like the card that like everybody ever wanted that like you never, ever saw or were going to get, but... All right, this is a great first-round matchup because these two are some athletes. Mike Trout versus Bo Jackson. I mean, yeah, Mike Trout, arguably the best athlete to ever play baseball. And I could see him being able to play football if he wanted. That's what I mean. But like, he could play strong safety, like athleticism-wise. But yeah, but yeah, from like without steroids at least, for what we know yet. Bo Jackson. Yeah, but Bo Jackson. Anything more? I don't know, man. I know a lot of people who are gonna fight for Mike Trout on this, so uh, this is this is a this is a hard one for me. I actually I I would have hard choice choosing this one. Fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. But was great in two sports. Yeah. Is that double his chances though? Who knows? We'll find out. Alrighty, we have Arnold Palmer versus Michael Phelps. Another two people whose accomplishments are just out of this world. Yeah, you know Arnold invented a drink. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I have Arnold Palmer's heart attack. That's a plus with me. I do. Yeah, like I know you guys like him, but man, how that is so that is just so not ingenuitive. What what is a Michael Phelps drink? It it's when you put eight eight infused. you put eight gold medals into a swimming pool and drink it. That's his drink. He drinks chlorine chlorinated water all the time. I don't know. That's a that's a hard matchup. It is a tough matchup. We'll see. I, I give it to Phelps. I give it to but or. <laughs> you can give that one to Bo Jackson? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, 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 just give it all. Andrew's just calling the whole thing for Bo Jackson. All right, we got three more matchups to go through. We have Muhammad Ali versus Martha. I mean... One of the greatest female soccer players to ever play. Against the greatest of all time. Against Muhammad Ali. I mean, ask him who he is. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time, baby. So we'll see if he if he punches out Martha in the first round. Mia Hamm and Gordie Howe. I know we're Detroit Another fans. Another soccer player. She was the one who led led the U.S. to a Women's World Cup in 2004. Versus, we had Murray Mr. Howe. Mr. Hockey. Yeah, we had Miss, we had we had a Murray Howe on this podcast in the in the olden days, mm-hmm. like on episode like eight or something like that. So there's a connection there. Yeah, I, and I you gotta love Gordie Howe just for the uh, the phrase the Gordie Howe hat trick. 
Oh yeah. Andrew, you know what a goalie hat trick oh. is? No. It's if you get a, a goal, an assist, and a fight in the same game. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Mr. Hockey for you right there. It's a Gordie Howe hat trick. And yep. this wow. Wow. This is a this is a, a for the last matchup of the of the bracket and for the last matchup for us to announce here in the first round, this is a doozy. Christian Aldo Ronaldo versus LeBron James. <laughs> Now, I know everybody was probably wondering where LeBron James was this entire time. Just so happened they seeded him 43rd and was at the bottom of this bracket. But against Cristiano Ronaldo, wow, this is going to be a tough one. So LeBron and, and MJ are at exact opposites of the bracket. They're They're not, they, they could meet in the finals. They could meet in the finals. LeBron and Michael Jordan could meet in the finals. By no doing of our own. That's up to you guys. So we need you to interact with us. We're going to post these polls um, over the next day or two, and you need to get on there and vote until next Monday when we hop on the podcast and announce the winners of round one. So make sure you get interacted with us. I know everybody is bored during quarantine, so, you know, give us something Give us something to talk about here at the Get Around. I know we can obviously talk a lot more about these people, but like I said, we'll do that in the next rounds when there's fewer to kind of break down and talk about um, and not just kind of throw a whole bunch of names at you guys. So that segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two occasions in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. James, I know you made a great recommendation, especially because we had a wrestling all-region team this year, or this, this episode this week. We're going to get into our rendition of the Hall of Fame and add some retroactive members into the Hall of Fame. Kind of like last week when we did our Hockey Player of the Year and did Hockey Players. This week we're going to induct some wrestlers who did not make the cut over the season. Go ahead, take it away, and give us some names that you know were well-deserving throughout the season. Yeah, well, Chase LaJoy is already in, so we don't have to, to put him in. My pick is going to be Gabe Thompson, wrestler from Gaylord, who got injured uh, at the end of the regionals, didn't make, didn't make it to state, but still a solid season. I know one guy that we accidentally left off the Dream Team in the newspaper, but needed to go on is AJ South from Boyne City. Yep. Uh, we, we mentioned him on the Dream Team earlier. He got injured right before States as well. Uh, didn't quite get the recognition he deserved, but he definitely deserves a spot in the Get Around Hall of Fame. And then I'm also going with Kelsey Novogratik, uh, Benzi Central wrestler who made it to that Women's State Final with Brielle and Clapp. I'm going to throw, uh, throw two out there, um, since Andrew's got two. I'm going to throw in uh, Damian and Dutch Ballon. From Traverse City Central, uh, both placed in the top eight in the state this season. So uh, to do that at that that level, you know, biggest division in wrestling is uh, is pretty impressive. So if we want to just do two furs all day, I got a two for. Well, I'm tossing two Remy's in. Remy Khan from Traverse City Central and Remy Soper from Kingsley. I know they were they they they, they stacked up wins all season long. Both made it. Um, you know, into regionals, and I believe it was, yeah, Remy Cotton made it onto states. Uh, so they both definitely deserving. Congratulations to all of our newest members of the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. There's six of you guys in now, so let's get the party started. Don't try and wrestle. We got one segment left, and I don't really know how quick we'll make it. Probably pretty quick, because we're going to have columns come out this week that you're going to really hear our full-on opinions of this. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have the NFL Draft this week. The Detroit Lions, our home state team, had the third overall pick in this year's draft. They only won, what, three games last year. 
set themselves up for the highest draft pick since Matthew Stafford that they've had, if I'm not mistaken. And I guess we want to talk about what they're going to do with it. Uh, we know there's a couple guys' names who have been tossed around. I think me and you had a little mention of this earlier, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna lead off with this, fellas. I really wish that they would pick. Uh, they could get like Joe Burrow straight up. I know that sounds crazy, but at ten whatever eleven years after Matthew Stafford got drafted, nothing's ever happened. If they could get Joe Burrow, it would be the best thing ever because I think he's gonna pan out. But the way that it's gonna work out, I think that they that, that Joe Burrow and Chase Young are gone, and the Lions don't trade down. They don't do anything that might be a little bit smarter, but since Darius Slay left, since Quandre Diggs was uh, sent off to Seattle, there isn't a secondary, and I think they go with, you know, Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. I thought you were going to go with Tua. No, I, that, that's what I want them to do, but I think what they will do is go with Okuda. For, that, for my column, I'm going to write about, about Tua because I think there's a chance, but for, for purposes of what I think they will do, I think they will with Je- go Jeff Okuda. Yeah, I think Okuda is the most likely... Thing, especially if they stay at three. The less likely scenario of one of the teams behind the Lions trading up to get ahead of somebody else, say, you know, a San Diego or Miami that needs a quarterback to go get Tua at number two. And if that happens, then Chase Young falls to the Lions and they happily stay at three and take him, I think. If not, then, then I think that they try to trade out a three to one of those teams that wants Tua and get some extra picks, and hope that they can, you know, maybe at five you still can get Okuda. Maybe. But if not, you can get an Isaiah Simmons. You can get any number of impact players there. And if they trade down once, the likelihood of them maybe trading down a second time is pretty decent as well. Even higher. Even higher. You got anybody, Andrew, you think that the the Lions might get in that number three spot? First off, I want to say that I had a friend who was – who was who had a text message from someone that participated in the NFL virtual mock draft? So the thing that they used to test the system out, they had a technical issue with pick one. <laughs> I imagine that whole draft is just going to be technical issues. I mean, oh yeah, having to do this in short order and doing everything virtually and online. Yeah, I don't know why though, because they already do everything virtually and online. The only thing they don't do is have the kids sign and shake a hand in person. The war rooms aren't like. They're all over the place. They're sitting in their executive offices at the stadium in their war room on a video teleconference making these decisions. It's already like that. I don't know why it's going to be tough. So I'm actually going to go with the the wild card. You know, the Oscars a couple of years ago where the Best Picture winner wasn't actually the one that they announced first. Yeah, I'll say, oh, yeah. I'll say the Lions draft someone like, I don't know, Isaiah Simmons, and it's just completely not the right pick. Like, like at three where they just like reach for somebody completely wrong man he doesn't even know about the lions and he's making accurate Henry predictions Ruggs. he doesn't even know about the lions and he's making accurate predictions on what this franchise will completely the mess lions up like rugs that's what i've heard if, if, i think if he's a, if they trade down he's a potential same thing with simmons if they take him at three then then they're reaching and i mean i'll say this about rugs is he's one of the fastest he's i think he is the fastest guy in this draft the Chiefs want to trade up. Apparently, the Chiefs have been talking about trading up to get Rugs, even though that they kind of just won the Super Bowl with one of the fastest players, McCall Hardman. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised I, I, if they do take the guy that's slotted to go number fifteen and one of my favorite players in this draft. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, if they trade down a couple times, if you get him, it'd be kind of funny if you got Rugs playing in the uh, in Ford Field because then he'd be playing on carpet. Oh my god, you you already had your bad pun of the day You already had your bad pun of the day You always do a good job of making me feel like I have to end the episode though 
Because, God, I can't have any more of that in here right now. Please interact with us on Twitter. Vote in these polls. We want to find out who Northern Michigan thinks is the greatest athlete of all time. Follow us on Twitter at JakeAdnip, at JamesCook14, at ByAndrewR for updates as we are stuck in quarantine. And, uh, yeah, you know the drill. I think I've yelled at you guys enough to try and interact with us. So if you don't know how to do it by now, I'll tell you again next week. We'll see you then for episode 123. Stay positive, stay safe. Stay healthy.